What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Hours of Movies. My name is Brian, your host, and today I'll be talking about Godzilla, released in 1954, the original, the one Godzilla, the one that is directed by Ishiro Honda and co-written by him, along with Takeo Murata. Now, if you don't know who Godzilla is or what he is, what the movie is about, it is about this dinosaur-like beast that, due to American nuclear weapon, you know, testing, uh, he was created. And now he's pretty much unstoppable and he's causing a rampage in Japan. And yeah, you know, everyone loves Godzilla or almost everyone does. And if you don't, that's cool too. But a good amount of people I know love Godzilla. I mean, who doesn't love monster films like i said in my king kong episode i love destruction when it comes to like disasters whether it's like a post-apocalyptic kind of thing or an end of the world kind of thing or a good old-fashioned monster movie where they're just going ham on the town and causing a ruckus i love it and this one has a good amount of destruction in it we have akira takarada as hideo ogara we got Momoko Kochi as Emiko Yamene. We got Akihiko Hirata as Dr. Dasip. <laughs> it's funny. This one I always, like, I, I kept saying the name as Daisy when I was reading, when I was watching the movie due to the subtitles. But he is Dr. Dasuke Serizawa. Then we have Takashi Shimura as Dr. Kiyohi Yamane. Fuyuki Murakami as Dr. Tanabe. And then, of course, we got Haru Nakajimi as Godzilla. He ends up playing Godzilla for about 12 more films, I think, from this one all the way to 1974, 1976. But he did 12 of them. He also played Mothra in one of the films. So, my mans, you know, that is Godzilla. Rest in peace, my dude. Rest in peace to a lot of them. This movie's pretty old. Same thing with King Kong. Sort of trips me out. Like, when I first saw this movie... It was like over 50 years old, and now here I am watching it almost 20 years later, and it's almost 70 years old, so it's fucking crazy. I mean, King Kong is almost 100. It's wild, man. Time's crazy. It is wild. But yeah, you know, Godzilla. I love Godzilla, but I'm more of a King Kong kind of guy. Like I said, it's just my dude, but I appreciate and know for a fact that Godzilla is going to probably whoop his ass. You know, he's going to like clean him up. Um, But one thing I'm just very fascinated about Godzilla, I guess, is the way this movie is filmed. To me, this is the best black and white movie ever made. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to get choked up there. Um, This is the best black and white movie I've seen. There's so many, you know, contrasts in this film. And there's there's so many moments where it makes it look so mysterious and eerie and almost horror-like. I don't think that's ever the intention. But to me, that's how I see it. And I love the way it looks, especially like the last scene when they're underwater with Godzilla. But... It is, to me, one of the best black and white movies ever. And it's also a movie that just helps me stay freaked out about the ocean. I mean, I'm not like one of those people that are terrified of water or anything like that. Sure, like if we go on a boat and we start going deep into the ocean, I'm going to start panicking a bit because, you know, the water, it's, it's, there's so much under that ocean. You know, what if there is a Godzilla somewhere around, you know, or, you know, everyone's favorite 
you know, mythical creature, Cthulhu. You know, what if he's out there? The ocean is a scary thing. And this movie, you know, seeing it so young made me go like, man, you just cannot trust the ocean. It's just so big and vast and anything could hide under there. But it's also a cool, you know, story how the two writers sort of use that whole, you know, Americans testing the nuclear bombs on random islands everywhere. And, you know, who knows what kind of shit they destroyed or what kind of animals they sort of changed. I mean, nuclear weapons are pretty crazy. That's why they're pretty much banned in everything. But, yeah, I mean, Godzilla is a great story for, you know, uh, the Japanese film community, you know, about 10 years after the whole bombing. It's like a cool message with them saying, you know, we really shouldn't be doing this anymore. You know, the whole, not the whole point, but, you know, there is a message in the movie where it's about not using weapons of mass destruction anymore. It just causes so much damage to cities, but also nature as well. You know, in the beginning of the film, the island that is being attacked by Godzilla um, because of his radiation has killed off all the fish and they can no longer you know, get their income. They're a fishing island and there's no fish. So, you know, that's a cool story. And I think it's just pretty cool that you just got these guys creating this monster. They had no idea how big it's going to become. I mean, there's over like, what, 20 Godzilla movies? And if you think I'm lying, no, literally look it up. I think there's like about 20. There has to be 20 Godzilla movies at least. I've seen about maybe 10 of them. One of the cooler ones is when Godzilla goes around just kicking ass, like kicking every monster's ass that he's met in the past. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's pretty good. I like it. I like it. But yeah, you know, Godzilla is just a good old ass kicker. But as you know, the story goes on, there's a little bit of a sympathy for him or not really because, you know, he did kill a lot of people. What is his kill count? Actually, what you know, King Kong had about. 40 bodies in his movie alone what's what's king kong's body count here or in general but he did just wake up so i think he's just fresh you know he's he's barely starting off his killing spree but going back to the whole nuclear um talk at the end of the film you know or not the end of the film but near the end probably like the third act near the third act and the third act beginning of the fourth when everyone's in the hospital because Godzilla went on that giant rampage destroying the city, you know, people are in home shelters, people are in the hospitals, everything's overrun, overpacked, and some people have, you know, uh, are getting sick due to the radiation of Godzilla. So, yeah, you know, this movie was really something that the producer, uh, Tomoyuki Tanaka, and director Ishiro Honda were both, you know, really particular about that this is sort of like a message about the whole post-nuclear life uh the producer has said the theme of the film from the beginning was the terror of the bomb you know mankind had created the bomb and now nature was going to take revenge on mankind and same thing with ishiro honda he said that there's a lot of themes or not themes characteristics of the atomic bomb that he applied to them and Godzilla, you know, if Godzilla had been a dinosaur of some or some animal, he said that the bomb would have just, you know, it would have killed Godzilla regardless. But he, if he was equal to atomic bomb, you know, we as people or them, you know, they wouldn't know what to do. So it's pretty much Godzilla is the atomic bomb. But some people also claim that Godzilla 
is, you know, those that were affected by the atomic bomb in Japan, that, you know, this person was minding their own business, not, you know, having anything to say or do what what happened. And, you know, Godzilla was disturbed, was bombed, and now he's this giant monster with all this anger. You know, they want to lash out. There's so many emotions, they don't know what to do. So you're supposed to sort of understand Godzilla as well. So, you know, there's a lot of layers in this movie. And then it's so wild how it spins off, you know, all these, you know, I don't want to say B-list kind of movies, you know, like a B-raid kind of films. But a lot of the Godzilla movies aren't that great after this one. But, you know, it's just funny how sometimes... The message gets lost with productions, but yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's more than just a dinosaur flick, you know, a giant dinosaur wrecking stuff. But as a kid, you know, you don't really see that. As a kid, you're just like, oh yeah, it's cool, you know. This animal is just well, this dinosaur is just causing a ruckus. And then as you get older and you look into it more, it's just there's more than that, you know. It's a whole emotional story that the writers and producers really wanted to tell and that's the beauty right of movies that you could just tell a story in your own way just as long as you know you know it's real you know what you're feeling is real and what you believe you're writing is true i mean it's a damn kaiju movie but there's so much deep thoughts into this it's great it's good stuff but one thing I do love about monster flicks is when they use miniature sets. And this movie obviously has a lot of them. I was watching the movie, right? Uh, right now with my Well, not with my girlfriend, you know. She was there, but she was watching it as well. But she kept laughing during the destruction scenes because of how fake it looked. And I don't know. Like, I see why it's funny, you know. I get it, why some people will laugh. But I've always appreciated that. I don't know. It just seems like one of those raw types of movie making but obviously it is 1954 and i don't even think the budget was that much it was like 100 million yen but only made 2.1 million so i don't think it's you know it made its money back and yeah so i mean they it's it's it wasn't popular but hey but it's great i mean i love it Uh, and for what they did, it's it's awesome. I mean, that train scene, obviously, when Godzilla's, like, walking around. And then, not walking around, just, like, destroying stuff, going through the city. And that train crashes into Godzilla. Also, I wonder if the train was underground the whole time. Because wouldn't you see, like, a 50-foot... Well, he's not 50-foot. He was, like, 100 meters. 300-foot? I don't know. 300 feet? I don't know. Uh, but you see a giant-ass lizard. Don't you think you're going to stop at some point? Like, be like, oh, we should stop this train or something. You know, you don't feel the ground. Well, no, you probably don't feel the ground shaking when you're when you're a train. I think I've been in in a train during an earthquake, but it was like, a, you know, nothing too crazy, and I didn't feel it. I mean, you're just going so fast, and it moves a lot. You know, moves around a lot. So, I guess I can see why they did it. You know, stop. But I love that scene, and then seeing the people just like move around, get hurt. I love the miniaturized sets, and then I love the fire. The fake fire that Lori called it. I don't know. Lori just kept calling it fake. And she kept laughing. Like, you know, it's okay. Like, some people just can't do old films. She said it's not that she finds it funny. It's just, you know, it's a little ridiculous. I'm like, I get it. I get it. 
originally Godzilla was gonna well not gonna look but the original design had him look a little bit too humanoid and manimal with a head shaped like a mushroom cloud but they decided not to go with that and they had already thought of making him look like a prehistoric creature like a giant dinosaur uh, or even like a gorilla or something well like but they decided you know just to stick with the dinosaur part but to combine the elements of a tyrannosaurus an eagle dino and the dorsal fins of a stegosaurus so that's why he looks so cool i mean it's a dope ass looking dinosaur scary for its time there's a animated no not an animated uh i think in 2017 or 2016 they released like a godzilla movie and he just looks way more of the idea that they're going for it is just terrifying you know godzilla looks a little campy but that movie i think it's just called godzilla so i can't even tell you you know what else to search but he just looked terrifying and yeah i mean with those horrifying creatures just being mixed together it just creates something crazy and then they were originally going to do it as a stop motion but um they just ended up going the whole suitmation kind of thing but hey it worked out took th about several weeks to make the whole suit but it ended up working uh but it took like two to make until they got a third one that was pretty much the perfect size but yeah i mean i'm glad they went with the suitmation obviously claymation is dope but it's like it gives it its own life because during that time a lot of monster movies that are coming out was claymation i mean it was the wave then you know that was their cgi uh there were so many films that it was just based on that so for them to do the suit uh suitmation kind of thing makes them stand out and i mean it's just it ends up working out because it's one of the few monster films in the 50s that isn't a claymation and good on them you know you always want to stand out a bit uh, obviously most of the money went to that to create the suits but hey worked out at the end of the day and also their honorary performer or not honorary performer but you know the performer haru haru he's um he's great he's great you i like him he really knows how to feel for godzilla you know also i i want to give a shout out to the composer akira ifuku that dude just knew how to make this movie a lot more lively with the music the i guess the theme for godzilla the score of the movie in general because it plays a lot throughout the whole thing so the main theme for godzilla is just it's great, you know, it, it goes well with his destruction. It's nothing too fast or too slow. It's just at the right tempo of how Godzilla walks. Everything is just synced up with it. Um, he's great. And he also is the one that came up with Godzilla's roar. Uh, at first, they were using multiple roars from different animals and mixing them up. But they it just ended up sounding really weird or ended up sounding like another kind of animal. So they decided not to go with that. And Akira just rubbed a leather glove through the loosened lower strings of a contrabass and altered the pitch and speed of the recording until the final roar was conceived and made, you know? So that's cool that he also created the roar along with pretty much Godzilla's 
walking music. And yeah, also shout out to EG uh, Suburaya for being the special effects director. He did a lot, you know, he was the director, of course, of all the miniature sets and what was going to be Godzilla's path through the city. Him and the director had a lot of time together where they would plan out how would Godzilla walk through Tokyo. They would even go to, you know, tall buildings in Tokyo and sort of plan it out and look around like where would Godzilla go through? What would he would destroy? If he walks through here, he's going to destroy this. So this has to be in the movie, the Saturn or not. Apparently one day they were planning this um, and some visitors kept like overheard them talking about destruction, destroying the city, you know, and they were stopped by authorities on their way out to like be questioned about, yo, so uh, what's going on? What are you guys planning? I mean, we we didn't hear, but someone's telling us that the city was going to be destroyed. Like, what's up with that? So imagine that. I wonder if they were just like, look, here's our movie passes. I don't know. What would you like? Oh, we're making a movie about a dinosaur and it's going to destroy the city. That's why we're talking about it. Is it believable? What do you do? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, you know, shout out to homie. You know, he had some great effects. Looks good to me. To Lori, it doesn't. But hey, to me, I love it, pal. To Lori, eh, she said you could do a little bit more work. But what, you know, it's not like you are in an acclaimed film called Godzilla or something. But yeah, you know, Godzilla. Uh, as a kid, I enjoy it. As I get older, I like it a lot more. It's a very, it's a comfort film for me. It's one of those movies that I could just watch and sort of just be okay. And just like laying down and watching. Maybe fall asleep. Maybe cook and watch it. Maybe I'll clean and watch it. I've seen it about eight times. Which is funny considering that I love King Kong a lot. I've only seen it three times compared to this. Like eight times. But hey, it's a good movie overall. Uh, every time I watch it, I feel like I'm discovering something new. Uh, I also love Homeboy that just sacrifices himself at the end. Uh, Sirizawa, uh, Dr. Sirizawa. He's the one that comes up with the oxygen bubbles bomb on destroying Godzilla. I also feel bad for him, too, because, you know, he's going through a rough patch. He's, like, creating this diabolical weapon. And then his, what should be his fiance doesn't want to marry him, wants to marry someone else. And then he just dies at the end. But at least, he, you know, people mourn him. And he has that eye patch too. I love that he's wearing an eye patch and he wears sunglasses outdoors. This is dope. So Lori, that I'd, I'd wear a monocle, like a shaded out monocle, but I don't think it works out that way. But you know, I appreciate his sacrifice. I also like that he burned his plans because he's like, you know, no one's ever gonna need this again. And then also, it sucks that he thinks he killed Godzilla. He sacrificed himself for the greater good, the greater good, and um, he didn't because Godzilla just comes back twenty more times. So. I guess you should have kept those notes, buddy. But hey, man, thanks for your sacrifice. But yeah, also, if you guys ever seen the American version, I guess you don't really need to in a way. It's called like Godzilla, King of Monsters. And pretty much they just add a new character throughout the movie. He doesn't really interact with a lot of them. Like they have certain, you know, Japanese actors come on. So it looks like he's not a ghost throughout the movie. It's a little ridiculous. It's uh, it's okay if you want to see like an Americanized version of it, but it's pretty much the same thing. Remember when I first watched it, I was like, wait, isn't this the original? But hey, you know, ah, I didn't know. 
But yeah, you know, let's do some let's do some facts. So when Godzilla originally first appears in that island over the mountain, he was supposed to have a bloody cow in his mouth, but cinematographer Masao Otami thought that it was too violent and he asked for it to be cut out. It's crazy. Again, you know how 2021 we have these violent ass movies. And then King Kong, they didn't want to add a lot of these scenes because it was just too horrific. And then here's this, you know. It's always amusing how as the years go by, it just gets bloodier and bloodier in films. George Lucas cites this film's miniatures as an inspiration for his effects in the Star Wars films. Obviously, the original three sort of threw that out the window for the, you know, the first three, the prequels. Inside, though. But yeah, thank you, Godzilla, you know, for giving us some George Lucas miniature sets i mean like i'm not the biggest star wars fan but i appreciate the original trilogies for how they look because as someone who loves set set designs and just costumes and you know people that just go all out with making the movie feel real like you know i appreciate that appreciate that about star wars you know like those original trilogies just have heart that's what it is that's what i see you know whenever a movie just goes all in on the production it's just heart you know it's only, you know, it doesn't go as far as writing and filming it and directing it. You know, you need all these elements. But yeah, but the Godzilla suit used for the film was so hot inside that the suit actor would frequently pass out, <laughs> which is fucking wild, man. That's uh, that's why uh, the first two, well, the first suit, it was actually cut in half as well because it was so heavy. So they cut it off. So the bottom half would just be used for you know, scenes of his feet, and then the top half was just used for, like, that scene where he's first shown. But, yeah, it would reach about 140 degrees inside, 60 degrees Celsius for those of you that are not, you know, in my American type of ordeal where we don't use the metric system, you know. Like I said, you, you guys heard me with the meter things. I just don't know. I was raised on feet and inches and, you know, Fahrenheit. I don't know. Why can't we get with the rest of the world? I mean, I could obviously do it on my free time, but you know what? Well, this is that's my New Year's resolution. I'll learn the metric system. That's what I'll do. Anyways, yeah, but due to the hot studio lights, of course, it would just get very hot up in that B. It was uncommon for a cup of <laughs> Nakajima. <laughs> damn, it was not uncommon for a cup of Nakajima sweat to be drained from the suit. That is gross. Oh, oh, goddamn. But yeah, you know, that sucks. I mean, it's it also shows how dedicated he was, you know, that he just kept on going through it, doing the movie, and just kept on doing it for 12 more films. And also, they would also, like, feel pretty bad for him because if he was in the suit, you know, it was just very dark in there, lonely and isolated. And, you know, it's just a lot of alone time. So they they really appreciate him for doing this whole film. Uh, since no film like this has ever been made in Japan, they had never attempted a suit like the one needed for Godzilla. Much of the attention of the first version was on the visual design, with the staff neglecting to consider the requirements of the performer inside. The only way an actor could enter the suit was through the opening in the back, hidden by the black uh, the back plates attached by rings on hooks. The inner lining would also scrape on the actor's skin. So, yeah, sucked. And then apparently it also weighed 230 pounds. 
And then the second suit was just a little lighter, but it was still over 200 pounds. So, yeah, I mean, once again, shout out. Shout out to our boy. Shout out to our man. Shout out to Haru. Also, there was another suit actor for a bit. He didn't do it for too long because of, you know, obviously the demand. But Katsumi Tezuka, he was also a little bit of Godzilla. Uh, but yeah, so it's just crazy. Dude went through a lot during this filming. Sometimes I wonder that, like, is it because you want to have that big break? Are you doing this for fun? Do you just not care? Like, what's his name? Hugo Weaving? Yeah, Hugo Weaving, right? Um, from The Matrix. Yeah, like, he hates doing special effects stuff. Like, he just hates going through the makeup process and all that. So, yeah, I could barely imagine him something like this. I mean, he didn't even... That's why he didn't appear in Captain America again, or in Marvel in general. He just didn't want to go through that bull. And there was a different actor that played him, right? In Endgame? I don't know. Um, I'm just... I'm just rambling on... Uh, Martin Scorsese is a fan of the film and has expressed admiration for other Toho science fiction films directed by Honda. Scorsese met Honda while working on the set of Dreams in 1990 and told him how much he enjoyed his films in his use. Scorsese would later contribute to Honda's biography by writing his foreword. I love seeing things like that, like um, when Bong Joon-ho won for Parasite and he thanked Martin Scorsese as like, being his idol as a kid and Scorsese is there and you know he just like gives him the thumbs up and is like yeah bro thanks for the appreciation it's cute you know it's, it's adorbs it is adorbs oh man okay so you know I kept saying this movie has over 20 movies okay this film has 35 sequels and holds the records for the longest running continuous franchise hell yeah baby 35 sequels I mean would this new one be 36 are y'all ready for that but one of the first Japanese movies to make it to Korea after the rivalry between the two neighboring uh, neighboring countries has lessened. John Carpenter is the fan of the film, with Carpenter stating, I first saw Godzilla in 1956 at the tender age of eight. Something about the film filled me with a somber dread, not the monster destroying Tokyo, but the overall tone, an underlying sadness, a sense of grief and horror. Japan is the only nation to suffer atomic bombs dropped on two of its cities, and Godzilla gave a powerful expression to this emotional ambiance disguised as a giant monster movie. Fuck, imagine an eight-year-old just, like, telling you that when they're walking out of the theater. Hey, son, so what did you think about this movie? You know what? The sense of grief and horror was just... And you're like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> Damn, John Carpenter. I mean, dude gave us the thing in Halloween, and they live, and yeah, plenty of other great films. Uh, but exactly, you know, he totally hits the nail on the head with it. I mean, it's more than just a monster film. It's just, there is a lot of sadness in it. Maybe the way it was filmed was intentional. Who knows? But yeah, originally, special effects artist Eiji uh, Subaraya, he wanted Godzilla to be a giant octopus. He would later get his wish, though, in one of the movies, King Kong vs. Godzilla, a giant octopus appears, so he finally got to have fun with that. But yeah, Godzilla, y'all, that was, you know, my episode on Godzilla. Y'all should check it out if you never did. Or if, you know, you've seen this one and you haven't seen the other 34, I say go ahead and watch it. 
you can go ahead and check out Godzilla vs. King Kong before Godzilla vs. King Kong. Or try to watch that Godzilla movie that came out in 2017 or 16. I can't remember, but it's supposed to be really good. I haven't seen that one. Or the one that Godzilla kicks every, um, you know, fucking monster's ass throughout the world. In Australia, and France. He even kicks the Godzilla's ass uh, from the shitty Matthew Broderick movie. That's the one you don't really need to see. I mean, if you want, if you like, you know, B-list movies, C-list, maybe. You know, check it out. It might be fun, but overall, it's an okay movie. But, yeah. Next week, I won't be doing King Kong vs. Godzilla because I think it comes out on the 31st. So next Friday won't be that episode, but I will do it in two Fridays from now. One, two. Yeah, two Fridays from now, I will release the episode. I'll probably end up watching the movie like three times, to be honest, twice on HBO Max, maybe a third time there. But I'm also debating like, hey, should I go to to the IMAX theater and see the badassery there. I don't know. Um, I'll probably just end up watching it all three times at home. But when I do, I'll release an episode. And yeah, you know, check out next week's episode. I don't know what it's going to be. I got one recorded with the homie Jordan again. He'll be back soon. So if next week that episode drops, hey, Jordan, Jordan stopping by. But if not, then you can forget that part of this episode. But yeah, my name's Brian. Share, subscribe, tell your peeps about me. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Hours of Movies. Let me know what to watch, what you thought, or, you know, whatever it is. And, yeah, I'm probably going to go watch the Justice League four-hour stuff right now. So, yeah, let's have fun with that next. All right, y'all, take care. Have a good one. Good day, good night, good evening, good whatever it is, but just take care.